everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Bealance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Tonight, we have with us a tennis industry veteran. While this guest is the current CEO of the United States Professional Tennis Association, he has also been president of Prince Americas and also spent 17 years at Wilson Sporting Goods, where he held a variety of positions, including vice president, general manager in the racket sports division. This guest serves on the Board of Governors of the International Tennis Hall of Fame and chairs the Global Task Force. He also started the USTA Adult League program and became the first National League Administrator in 1980. It is my privilege and honor. Please welcome to the pod, John Embry. John, thank you for uh, spending some time and talking uh, through us tonight. Well, David, it's a a pleasure to be on the board. I really appreciate the invitation Talking to a fellow Chicagoan, which you know is near to my heart because that's where I'm from. I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. So thanks very much for the opportunity. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. So uh, before we kind of get into what you're currently been busy with, and you do have a packed agenda, um, just for the listeners, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your background in tennis and, and how you got started in playing. I know you played collegiately at Washington Lee University, had a very good career. Why don't you kind of just tell us a little bit about your tennis journey? Well, I appreciate that. I, I don't like to talk about myself too much, so I'll, I'll be fairly brief. Um, you know, grew up playing tennis at a public park uh, in Hinsdale, Illinois, uh, outside Chicago, from a famous high school coach. There was a coach at Hinsdale Central High for 50 years, and he was sort of the, the Pied Piper. And, um, everybody went to Burns Field because that's that's uh, where he where he he, uh, he hung a shingle, and, and everybody wanted to be a part of it. So it's great to grow up in that environment. Um, Played tennis in college, played soccer in college also, with Florida Letterman in college as well, and in soccer as well as in tennis. And after tennis, after college, I graduated, I said, you know, I'm not sure what I want to do, so I uh, became a teaching pro and worked at the Homestead in, in Hot Springs, Virginia for a while, then became a pro at um, a club in Lynchburg, Virginia, and uh, from there went on to do a bunch of things, and that's how I got started with the adult league program because we ran a pilot program in Lynchburg for a couple of years, and then it was passed by the USCA in 1980. And uh, long story short, I got to be the first National League administrator, which was sort of the wild, wild west at the time, because we didn't have any rules and regulations, and it was really, really fun to get that program off the ground. Um, and after a couple of years of doing that, I got a call from a hotel in New Orleans to go down and be the director of tennis, and I was flattered because I followed the Casasius, who was a Hall of Famer and one of the great names in tennis. Was there for four and a half years, and one of our was involved with Wilson, and they recruited me to come back to Chicago, which is my home, and so I got started with my career at Wilson, and I tell people my most favorite job in my whole entire career was spending seven years on the tour, dealing with all the tour players and the college kids and, and the junior players, and um, or doing all the promotion with the teaching pros, et cetera, which is, and Wilson at the time was what became the official racket string accessory of the USPTA, which kind of a full circle because now I'm, now I'm CEO of the USPTA. So I did that for 17 years, had a great experience, um, went off and uh, did some consulting after that time period and ran a little apparel company called Bell the Match, which those of you that may know, the little Yippee Man logo that we had, yeah. that, was kind of, that was kind of fun. And then from there I went to Prince because the CEO of Prince at the time was a former Wilson president. He recruited me to come over to Prince. Spent a couple of years there during a very tough time in 08 through 010 with the economic downturn and what was happening on the stock market. And that was quite a learning experience. Did some consulting after that and then threw my hat in the ring up for this job for the USPTA. And, and here's where I, I've been here since October of 2012, which 
Tiger's career, I've been very blessed. I mean, how many people can say that they've been able to make a living with a sport that they've been playing since they were six? Absolutely. So very, very lucky, very blessed, having a blast doing what I'm doing, and uh, uh, it's been a really great ride for me. Um, yeah, you are privileged because there is a, uh, I would say, a small percentage that people uh, get to do um, what they love, whether it's a hobby, whatever, and make that uh, their vocation. So you are very, very lucky, and it's so cool that you get to have this experience. I want to ask you, again, you, you know, because you're such a tennis industry veteran, in your previous positions, what made that kind of help your vision or what made you um, become interested when the, when the um, CEO role at the USPTA be, uh, became open? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't think I would have a chance in getting the job. I just threw my hat in the ring, you know, sort of as a long shot flyer because I was doing some consulting and, and was okay with that. Um, in fact, I moved back to Chicago from uh, outside of Princeton, New Jersey, um, not, 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 not knowing I was going to have the opportunity to get this. And sure enough, about two weeks after we moved back to Chicago, our house Chicago, we got the phone call saying, hey, we'd like you to interview for this. Um, I would say this, uh, being in the nonprofit sector, because this USPTA is a, is a nonprofit trade association of tennis teaching professionals and coaches, I'd say that the, the brand experience that I had at Wilson and Prince at Ball the Match has helped me immensely because of the strategic initiatives, because of the financial discipline, uh, marketing, uh, uh, the, 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 so much of what I learned at those brands has really made a difference. So when I came to the USPTA, I was able to take those lessons that I learned uh, with all those organizations and utilize them and call upon them for uh, really helping me chart my chart sort of my vision for the USPTA. And it has been really a fantastic experience because I started teaching tennis after I graduated from college. And here I am again, full circle in some respects, running the organization uh, that is all about tennis teaching professionals. And so um, I really felt that my brand experience and understanding you know, profitability and, and, and discipline in terms of programming and staffing, et cetera, et cetera, has really helped me uh, in this particular role. For sure. I, I know one of the top items on, on your um, packed agenda is dealing with, uh, I, I guess, the average age of tennis teaching professionals is a little bit older than what you would like to see currently in the organization. And I know you've put in a ton of work and, and you and your staff, and there's a ton of really, really good programs out there that are aimed at trying to get um, people at a younger age um, teaching tennis for a living. And I want to kind of open it up to you. Um, talk about this and, and all the good programs that you have planned um, that are geared towards getting a little bit younger individuals um, looking at teaching tennis as a career. And it's not just teaching tennis, it's the whole entire industry. It's our sport, it's our whole entire sport. We are definitely aging out. Um, our average age is 50 within our association, and that's pretty, uh, pretty commonplace across all the industry categories. And people ask me, what keeps me up at night? This is what keeps me up at night, because as an industry guy, I want to leave the industry in a better place than I, than I had when I came into it uh, 34 years ago. Now, back then we had, you know, so many teaching pros and tennis was rocking and rolling and, and, and that's in the 70s and 80s and it's certainly not not that way now. And the concern that I have is in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be this mass exodus of professionals, not only teaching tennis pros, but people in the industry who are going to hang it up and who are going to retire and call it a day. 
and I'm concerned about who's going to follow them into your sport. Um, right now, I have general managers calling me from clubs and facilities all the time saying, I can't find a good director of tennis. Can you help? Or directors of tennis calling me and say, I can't find a good quality staff professional that has all the things that I'm looking for, the people skills and the mannerisms and the courtesy and the, the dedication. I can't find good quality people. So we have a we have a real shortage of quality individuals right now in our sport. And it's going to get worse before it gets better because we're going to see so many people getting out of the business. And, and so what are we going to do about it? Um, what, who's going to take our places? And so I, I'm embarked, I've embarked with the USTA on this massive mission that's just getting started to try to inform high school coaches and high school players about the opportunities that exist in either a tennis teaching for, for career or just getting into the industry in general. And so I'm going to various high school coaches conferences around the country and talking to high school coaches and encouraging them to, to identify one male, one female from their teams that are really passionate about the sport, that want to work in this industry, that, that love the idea of being with people and love the idea of, of fueling their passion for tennis. They don't have to be the best player in their team, David. They could be a number three doubles player. We don't care because they're going to be able to go ahead and, and, and grow in, their, in, in, in this industry if they really want to do it. And so if we can communicate to high school coaches, if we can communicate to parents of high school kids that, you know what, there is a career, there is a pathway that is available for kids who would like to go ahead and pursue a career, we've got the opportunity for them. And the first place to go and the first place to think about is professional tennis management. PTMs. Um, I'll give you an example. Golf has 19 professional golf management schools. They have 1,700 individuals enrolled in those 19 programs. And every year they're graduating 350 to 400 kids into the golf profession. We have had two professional tennis management schools up until a year ago. Ferris State up in Big Rapids, Michigan and Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina, with a two-year program in Tyler, Texas, at Tyler Community College. And their enrollment over the last few years has been averaging you know, a total of 20 kids. And so you're graduating three or four or five or six from each school. It's just, it's not sustainable. And so what the USTA has done, and I applaud them for this effort, they have reached out to a variety of universities and colleges who have expressed an interest in starting a PTM program on their campus. Now, what's good about that, and the reason why schools are so interested is because they're all about graduation rates and they're all about job placement. And it's important for them to be able to showcase the fact that their school has high percentage of jobs being placed for kids that are graduating. And if you graduate from a PTM school right now, you've got 100%, you've got a guaranteed job coming out the door when you graduate. And some of them are very well paying, $45,000, dollars to start, some with benefits. It is a great opportunity, and, and as all of you know, many millennials, if they change their uh, course of study at school two or three times, they decide what their major is going to be, then they don't like it, they try something else. They get out of college, and a lot of them don't have jobs, and so they end up sleeping in their parents' basement, and because they don't have a job, or they're finding a job, they're going to intern for a while, free or whatever, and so they become they come back home, which is fine, but uh, a lot of kids want to be out on their own, and they want to go ahead and start their career, and starting a tennis career through a PTM program is a viable career. And what's great about it is that if they go to a PTM program, 
they'll have an internship in the summertime. There are plenty of people, there are plenty of clubs out there that are looking for interns that can come in and work eight to 12 weeks in the summertime. And they can do really well. They can make, you know, 10, 12, 15,000 dollars. Some, if you go to Greenwich, Connecticut, or, you know, uh, Washington, D.C., you might be able to make 20,000 bucks in the summertime, which will help pay for your tuition for the next year. But they're going to have, they're going to be, they're going to work under the stewardship of a mentor, and they're going to be trained, and they're going to understand what it's like to be a tennis professional, and what it's like to be customer service oriented with the members, etc. That's invaluable experience. And so when they get out of school, they're ready. They're ready. And so they're going to have a career, um, and they can come in, they will be certified by the USPTA once they graduate from school. And then they'll learn the business at a club or at a facility. They'll learn what it's like to go ahead and teach junior lessons, work tournaments, run a front desk, string rackets, all that kind of stuff that, be, that is in part and parcel to become a tennis professional. And then they can decide what, what's the pathway that they want to go from there. Do they want to be a high school coach? Do they want to be a college coach? Would they prefer to be a high-performance coach at, a high, at an academy? Do they want to work for a major manufacturer like Wilson or Batwater Head? Do they want to go work for the USDA? the national level or the section or district level or do they want to be a director of tennis at a club I mean there's so many different opportunities for people to find a career and be a really satisfying career in tennis and most kids don't know that pathway though they don't know that there is an opportunity for them so the appeal that we're making and the ask that we're having with high school coaches is to talk to their kids those kids that might be helping them with their summer camps those kids that might be going off and working at a camp at a you know at a sleepaway camp, or they might be working at a club facility and working with a junior program, a tennis program, they're going to learn the basics. They're going to find if they have a real interest in doing this, and if they do, a PPM program is great. So the fact that I told you that we had two programs with a with a two-year certificate of Tyler, we now have nine to eleven schools yep. that are offering PTM certificates and PTM concentrations. They might be with a hospital, like the University of Central Florida has a hospitality school that houses the PTM program. Or if you go to Ferris State or whatever, they might be in the kinesiology department. But there's a concentration in tennis, which is going to give them that opportunity if they want to pursue that tennis career. So now there are 11 programs. We want to get to 20 by the end of 2020. And having those PTM programs is going to be vital to go ahead and fill the plan of pros. The problem is, the problem is, we can get all these schools to commit to do these PTMs, and we can get all these schools that think this is great because they're going to get uh, really high scores in terms of job placement. But if we don't have kids matriculating, if we don't have kids going to those schools, the schools aren't going to be long for, for having a PTM program. They're saying, well, this isn't working. We're going to leave. We're going to drop it. And we don't want that. The fact that they're interested is great. The fact that they've got uh, programming and the fact that they've got uh, directors that are going to run their PTM program, fantastic. Now our job is to make sure that we get kids matriculating, to get kids enrolling those programs and give them that four, year, four years of education. Because when they come out of that school, they're going to be far better off than a guy who just happened, or a guy or girl who just happens to take a test and pass it and become a teaching pro. Because those PTM students are going to have a much broader background and a much varied uh, experience than, than the typical tennis pro that we have right now. So I'll stop there, David. It's a lot to talk about, but... <laughs> This is a really important topic, and you know, meeting you in Chicago at the Illinois High School Coaches Convention, it was important that you hear the message, and it's important that other high school coaches hear the message, because this is a problem, and this is generational. It's going to take five to ten years from where we are today to make sure that we've got our sport is going to be healthy going forward.
Yeah, and I appreciate your candor on it. And and um, it's so great that these programs exist. I wish they had this many when I was in school. I'm not going to age myself, but I didn't have all these options. I wish I did. Um, just yeah. plug our it, to plug the advantage, the USPTA Advantage Magazine, the latest. Um, the latest issue, it's incorporated in the racket sports industry. On page 49, it lists the 11 programs. So um, for those listening that are current USPTA members, go check it out in the um, magazine. And uh, it's great to have so many options open. Yeah, sorry. Let me just comment again. While the message that I'm, that I'm giving right now is targeted for high school coaches, there's no reason to think that a USPTA professional who employs kids that may be a part of their junior development program. They may be part of their high performance program, but they're asking those kids to come and help them with their tennis program or help them with their summer camps, whatever it may be. There's no reason why a USPTA pro shouldn't deliver that same message to those kids that are assisting them or that they're working with. Just say, listen, you would be a great tennis professional. You've got incredible people skills. You love the game and you have a desire to go ahead and really excel. You would be a great candidate for a PTM program. So Let's make sure that my message is not just for high school coaches, although that's a targeted audience, but we should encourage USPTA professionals to think about kids that they're working with, that they're not only developing their games as players, but also developing their, their personality, their character, and the things that are really, really important in this world to maybe consider a PTM program as well. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize, but I should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. No, no, no. It's all great stuff. Uh, we, we appreciate your, your thoughts on it. The next big topic that we want to talk about is the new accreditation um, in partnership with the USTA. And I want to kind of open it up again to you and talk about what that means and how that's going to strengthen um, the organization as well. This is a huge topic, and thanks for for, for giving the opportunity to talk about it. And I hope that the listeners will get an appreciation for what we're trying to do. Um, Here's a for you. Um, In 1990, in the early 90s, uh, there were the two teaching organizations, USPTA and PTR, did not require any education before certification, zero or nothing. And the U.S. is dead last of all the developed nations in the world requiring education before certification. And that's just not acceptable. If we're going to lead the world in tennis, we, we've got to have higher standards than that. And so in 2013, USPTA and USTA to at least start with some education. So six hours of online education called Coaching Pass, which helps pros deal with kids and big groups and movement and athletic development, etc. That was that was that started in 2014, and and that was a, a good place to start. But six hours of online education before taking a test really isn't doesn't really amount to much, especially when you're comparing ourselves to the rest of the world. And beside that, we had no continuing education requirements for 20 years. Once you became a certified pro, there was no requirement that said, listen, you need to take a certain number of hours in order to stay current with your with your profession. If you own a nail salon, you have to have 40 hours of education a year. What lawyer or doctor or accountant or name an industry, an electrician, Every industry has continuing education as a requirement, and yet we in tennis had none until 2014. And so we implemented, beside the, the, edu- the certification, the education before certification, we agreed that we were going to require 12 hours or six credits of education over a three-year time period. That's 
nothing. Right. It's, 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 it's so minimal. And again, when you compare it to the rest of the world, it, it, it's problematic. And, 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 and if you look at the sport of tennis, we had great growth from 2003 to 2008 and 2009. Since that time, tennis as a sport has been dragging a little bit. We're not, we're not, we haven't seen the decrease like golf has, but we're, we're certainly not as healthy as we would like to be over the last 10 years. And if we want our sport to grow, we've got to make sure that we have more professionals out in the field and better trained professionals because it's that Pied Piper, the guy that I talked about early on in this presentation about my coach, it's that Pied Piper that really makes a difference in the community. That's the person that, that really helps people playing tennis and if they don't have a good experience on the court they're going to leave you know the people that I know they go out to a public park they say they're a pro they take a bucket of balls out there they hang their shingle out there and they'll teach somebody who comes by and wants to learn a lesson but that experience isn't going to be very good for that player and they're going to leave our sport we've had 4 million players come into our sport and we've had 4 million people leave the sport and a lot of that's because the experience that they've had at court has not motivated them to stay in the game. So we as a sport, in general, have a challenge. And so the USTA said, look, we've got to elevate the standards. And by the way, our mission statement at the USPTA is to elevate the standards of tennis teaching professionals and coaches. That's our mission. That's what we're trying to do. And so when the USTA said, look, we've got to make a change here. We've got to elevate the standards. We've got to require more education before certification because we're lagging behind the rest of the world and we actually should be ahead of the world. We actually should set an example. And when you look at the golf industry, what the golf professionals have to go through from an educational standpoint, we don't even, we're, we're pale in comparison. So the USTA said, look, we're going to credit those organizations that want to truly elevate the standards. And so we became a fully accredited organization of the USTA in uh, January of 2019. And since that time, we've been working with the USTA on what these new standards are going to be and what this newest certification pathway is going to be. So as I mentioned before, um, up until this year, it has been only, you only had to require six hours of education before before taking a test and being certified. The new mode, starting January 1st of 2021, is that we're going to go to six to nine to 12 months of experiential learning under the auspices of a mentor who's going to verify that you're doing all the things that you need to do to become a truly well-rounded professional. And then you're going to have to have two to 300 hours of education, whether it be face-to-face at workshops, world conferences, regional education days, or online education before you can even become certified. So we're going to go to a year's worth of apprenticeship and 300 hours potentially of online education can you imagine how good that professional is going to be once they finish all that training? Absolutely. You become, an electrician, <laughs> you become an electrician, David, how many years do you have to be as an apprentice before you can actually go out on your own? Yeah, a long time. Four, four, <laughs> a long time, right? Yes. And yet, and yet we as a sport haven't, haven't done that. And so the USTA said, look, we're going we're gonna to encourage any credit organization. You're going to have to go to 1,500 hours. You're going to have to go to this year of education. And you're going to have to have this online uh, education as well before you can become certified. So that's going to start January 1st of 2021. Now, in addition to that, there are two other things that are going to happen. Number one, we're going to increase our continuing education requirement by 25%. We're going to go from 12 hours to 15 hours of continuing education over the course of a three-year time period. It's nothing. We should get anybody, everybody should want to do it because they got to learn it. When you, as Andre Agassi told us at our little conference in Las Vegas 
just this last September. When you stop learning, you've got to stop teaching tennis. Yep, love that business. quote. Saw it, love and, the and, quote. And it was fantastic, right? So, so that's the second threshold that we have starting next January. It's only 10 months away. And the third threshold, which everybody who's listening to this, listening to this podcast would understand, is that we're going to have all of our professionals, all of our members in good standing, safe play, trained, and background checked. Look what's happened in USA Gymnastics. Swimming, hockey, name the sport where you've seen kids being abused by coaches. The USTA and the governing body is putting a stake in the ground, and we're joining them in this stake and saying, we're going to have the safest sport. We don't want kids being molested by taking a lesson from a tennis pro. We don't want kids suffering any sort of mental anguish because they've been sexually abused. That's inexcusable, it's absolutely wrong, and there isn't anybody who wouldn't stand up and say, you're absolutely right. So we got to have our members say play, train, and background check, and they can do it for free because the USDA will pay for it by going through the Net Generation website. Yep. And they can go ahead and get the training that they need with safe play, to take the background check, and, and they're going to be good for two years. So we're going to start that also on January 1st of 2021. So just imagine the change and the evolution that this is going to be for our organization. We are changing the way we do business. We are changing the way our pros are going to deliver tennis. But it is absolutely the right thing to do because we got to get better. Our pros, we have to elevate our standards. We have got to get better. We just can't rely on teaching tennis the way we were taught 30 or 40 years ago or the way we played 30 or 40 years ago. There's so many new things in tennis right now and so much great information with all the analytics coming on play and with all the new technology that's available to people with video training or whatever. There is, there's so much potential here and we've got to educate this new group of pros who are going to come into our association. So we've got the PTM programs. We've got kids going to PTM programs. They're going to come out. They're going to be better trained. We've got people that are going to go ahead and ask. We're going to ask them to do six to nine to 12 months of an apprenticeship under the mentorship of a USPTA leader, and then they're going to have this online education. When they finish that, that responsibility, when they go through those requirements, they're going to be far better than the people that have come into our industry that just have taken a test. And I think everybody would understand that. But i got to tell you, this is a huge lift for us. Um, we have to develop online courses. We're in the, our multimedia team is in the process of doing that right now in collaboration with USTA. We have so much that we've got to get done to be ready for January 1st of 2021. It's a little bit of a daunting task. Our staff is just going full blow, full board to try to make sure that we can accomplish what we need to accomplish. We've got to be able to monitor everybody. We've got to be able to track them in our IMS database. It is a heavy lift. But it, we have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I'll finish up, David, but let me just say this. We have to start this somewhere. We can't just keep kicking the can down the road and expect things to change when we do the same thing. Which is, you know, that's Einstein's rule principally. You can't expect different results by doing the same thing all the time. Right. So we're, we're going to have this paradigm shift. We're going to have this major change. It's an exciting time to be in our industry. It's an exciting time to be part of the USPTA because we want people to understand what this is going to mean. Now, i gotta tell you, I got to tell you this. At the end of the day, though, it's the job market that has to really help us do this because unless managers and owners and employers recognize that hiring a certified professional is better for them, that they're going to have a better experience for their members, it's not going to mean any good. Listen, would a country club or a golf facility ever hire anybody other than a PGA professional? Flat out answer is no. no. So why should a club, any club or public park, hire a pro 
just because they happen to be a friend of a board member or they happen to be teaching somebody's kid who's not certified. That's not, that's not going to help elevate our standards. We've got to get better, and we've got to rely on the employers to make this commitment that, yes, we're going to hire pros that are certified because they're going to be better for our organization. And so the biggest piece of this, beside the fact that what we as USPTA are doing is we're going to ask USP, USTA's help. They have to influence the job market. They have to tell owners and managers and employers that this is really, really important, that they've got to seek out pros that are certified because it's going to be better for them. And we've got to make sure that it's not punitive. We don't want it to be punitive. We want the clubs to agree to this and accept this and make it, make it, make it, and make, off, make an offer to them that makes sense to them, that they're going to want to do it that they're going to want to go ahead and go ahead and make that commitment. So one of the things that we're also doing, David, is we're going to offer, starting right now, actually we're piloting right now, the new tennis essentials, uh, new tennis uh, instructor category, which is going to be a certified category. Those people are part-time or seasonal, maybe a high school player, and they want to get certified because they're going to be teaching at a club. We're going to offer this tennis instructor category, which is going to require... 14 hours of a face-to-face workshop. That's two seven-hour days, which what's called Tennis Essentials. And the USDA is going to be conducting those workshops all over the country, 50 of them between now and the end of the year. And we want our rec coaches that are rec coaches right now at the USDA to convert over to be a tennis instructor by going to the Teaching Essentials workshops. This is going to be a major initiative to try to help people think about it. It's going to be actually the first portal the first entry to becoming a certified professional because once they go ahead and become a certified tennis instructor, they're going to say, wow, I really like this and I want to become a certified professional. And then they can go ahead and continue down the pathway with Teaching Essentials 2, Teaching Essentials 3, and then becoming certified after they complete all their education. But this is <laughs> this is a huge lift, as I said before. We're so committed to it. We're going to have bumps and bruises along the way. I'll be honest with you. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be plenty of pushback from people who say, I'm not going to do that. That's just too hard. Yeah, it is going to be too hard. It's, it is going to be harder, but it's going to be to their benefit. And it's going to help them with their career. So I've gone on a little bit of a spiel there, and I apologize for that, but there's so much to talk about as it relates to this new certification pathway. Now, members in good standing right now, don't have to comply. This is just for new people coming in as of January 1st of 2021. So I don't want new members freaking out and saying, oh my God, i got to go to 15 hours. I've been teaching for 20 years. No, you don't have to do it. Your experience is very valuable. But we want new people coming into the sport, making sure that they're better trained, that they're safe play background, they're safe play training background check because we want a safe environment at every tennis club, every facility in the United States. And we're going to continue with the education program that we have. So I'll stop there and let you answer any, ask any questions, David. I apologize for the length of that, but it's, it's important everybody's here the whole picture. No, listen, I mean, I saw when you when you spoke, I saw your passion, um, and tonight I, I'm hearing your passion again. It's a huge task. Um, that said, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to, it's going to be extraordinary once it gets off the ground and once it gets running. And you're saying you're changing the industry and you're changing the industry for all of the right reasons. And it's so impressive what you're doing and leading it and how hard your staff is working. Uh, I'm a proud member of the USPTA. It's been so cool to see everything that you and your staff have, uh, have done these last few years and what you're about to really embark on. And again, it's going to be extraordinary um, once it gets up and running. So with yeah, that, oh, go ahead. We wanted to be aligned with the USTA. We 
we wanted to be a partner with the USTA because we can't grow the game separately. We've got to do it together because we are the USPTA, the boots on the ground. And so we moved and built a brand new, beautiful facility in Lake Nona, right opposite, right across the street from the USTA's national campus. It is truly the epicenter of tennis in the United States. And I love the collaboration. We're right there across the street. Player development is right in front of my right in front of my window. I would love any USPTA member if they ever have a reason to come to Orlando and go to Disney World and bring their family. Please stop by the USTA National Campus. Please come by the USPTA office. Let me know when you're going to come because I'd love to show you around. We are in a brand new, high-tech, echo-friendly uh, building that is the envy of anybody who walks in. They walk in this building and go, holy cow, this is a cool place. I love what this place is all about. I love what you stand for and I love what you're trying to do. So, uh, seriously, David, I, I encourage anybody to come down to Lake Nona outside of Orlando. We're 10 minutes from the Orlando airport. It couldn't be easier. This community is, is growing so fast, and there's so much great stuff happening here. I'm really proud of the place, and, and I want people to come down and see it for themselves, come to the campus and bring some people down and do some training, because it's really a learning laboratory. That's why it was set up, and uh, people will see that when they come down there. There are all kinds of events going on, and it's just a magnificent place. So uh, I'll, I'll stop you there and, and just let everybody know that there's an open invitation to come down and see us. That is so nice, and I echo your thoughts. I've been there. I've been down there. It's an incredible facility, and and uh, again, I echo what you say. If you're in that area, if you're in the Orlando Lake Nona area, go down there. It is something to see. It is amazing. Um, with that, John, we've been going a little more than thirty minutes. I don't want to take any more of your time. We know how much uh, of a packed agenda you had. I just want to thank you so much for one spending time with me, but not only that, doing what you're doing since you've um, taken on this role of CEO, and you're just not sitting in an office behind a, a, a desk. You're out in the community. You're spreading the message. You're doing such such great um, work. Again, I'm a proud member of the USPTA, and. Um, Keep doing what you're doing and, and inspiring people because it's awesome. Well, thank you. Actually, I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go to Minneapolis to meet with the Minnesota High School Coaches Association. It's having a convention in conjunction with the USPTA Northern Division. And then on Saturday, the day later, I'm going to Ohio to meet with all the Ohio coaches on Sunday morning. So I'm not sitting on my stuff, that's for sure. No, and you are out and about. <laughs> I'm making a point of getting around and, and seeing everybody because... I have such a belief that this is the right thing for our industry, and, and I'm so committed to doing it. But listen, I thank you for the opportunity. I wish you the best of luck with your podcast and all the things that you're doing. And to all the USPTA professionals out there, um, you know, I'm honored to serve you. Um, I am employed because of you. I'm here to go ahead and serve whatever your needs are. That's what we do with the national staff. Uh, we're here to support what you're doing, so um, we, we look forward to uh, to working with all the USPTA pros and growing the game because that that's that's our number one priority. John, thank you so much, and uh, safe travels, and, and keep doing what you're doing. All the best, David. Thanks, man. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye. That was USPTA CEO John Embry. What a sensational guy, and um, he's doing such great work. He really is. And, again, if you're in that area, the Orlando slash Lake Nona area, go down to that USTA national campus. It's something to see, definitely. So I hope you enjoyed that. Again, um, please subscribe. Courtside Revealance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We're on Google, Stitcher, iTunes, um, Spotify, all the, all the major places where you would hear your podcast. Thanks, everybody.